Thank you, ladies, for leading so beautifully. I'd like to welcome you to Forts of Elkhorn Baptist Church. I'd like to welcome those of you who are worshiping with us online. Thank you for tuning in to be a part of this worship service. I'd like to give a special welcome to any first-time guests. If you are a guest worshiping with us today, thank you for being here. We pray that you would feel the presence of the Lord as soon as you drove on to our property, but thank you for coming. And if you are a guest, if you would, after the service, go by the Welcome Center, and we have a gift for you, just a small token of our love and appreciation for you worshiping with us today. But thank you for coming out on kind of a snowy, wintry day. I think it's starting to spit snow. And so the harder it snows, the shorter my sermon will get today. So... Y'all are praying for the snow to come, so I'm going to invite you right now to stand. Tell someone you're glad to see them here today. join together and sing come thou fount of every blessing tune my heart to sing thy praise streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise teach me some melodious song and some by flaming tongues of Praise his name, my fixed upon it. Name of God's redeeming love. Here I raise my Ebenezer. Hither by thy help I come. And I hope by thy good pleasure safely to as we continue to worship.
Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I love that song. I love the message. God is able. Do you all agree with me today that God is able? God is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Thank you all for leading so powerfully, so beautifully. Thank you again for worshiping with us, whether it's in this place or wherever you may be. Every week there's an opportunity for us to come before the Lord with thankful hearts, grateful hearts, giving praise and also crying out to God in our need, our worry, our fear, our grief, our suffering, our pain, our sickness. There are so many needs. Life is hard. Would you all agree? Life is hard. Without unforeseen pandemics, without hardships and financial woes and depression and anxiety and, and everything we deal with, life is hard. But God is greater. God is greater. And I'm, I'm talking to myself too. I'm preaching to all of us that we need to be reminded that God is able and God is greater than any obstacle we ever face. And that's the truth. And if you would like to come today, if you're in this place or wherever you're worshiping, you can make an altar. But I invite you, if you feel led by the Holy Spirit, to come kneel or stand or however the Holy Spirit leads you, I invite you to come join me as we lift up our prayers together. Would you come pray with me today? May we pray together. God, it's great to be in your house, to sing praise to the only one who is worthy to be praised. We sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And Father, we thank you for your holiness. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your righteousness. We thank you, God, that you are able. And Father, we bow humbly before you, exalting the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus Christ. There's no other name under heaven given to people whereby we must be saved but the name of Jesus Christ. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Father, we come today just realizing our need of you more and more all the time. Our lives are so filled with sickness and pain and worry and fear and this pandemic and uncertainty of tomorrow and Father, we know for sure that you promised to be with us. And even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we do not have to fear evil because your rod and your staff, they comfort us. And Father, this morning I lift up folks at this altar, people praying from their seats, people praying, oh God, at home, or maybe God, they're on vacation. Father, we pray for our students who are in Pigeon Forge at the Strength to Stand conference, and we pray for all their leaders that you would keep them safe, give them traveling mercies while there, and when they come home tomorrow, we thank you that, Lord, we pray they are growing in the Lord, and some young people might come to know Jesus over this weekend. Father, as we celebrate Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day tomorrow, I thank you, Father, for his impact on bringing racial equality and justice and unity. I pray, God, that that message would continue to resound in the way we live and the way we treat people. 
that, Father, we would understand that red and yellow, black and white, we are all precious in your sight, that Jesus loves the little children of the world. And, Father, we pray a special prayer for the Joe B. Hall family and, Father, all those Kentucky fans who are saddened by the passing of Coach Hall and ask God that they might feel your comfort and your strength. Father, we just pray for so many folks that are battling COVID or families that are in quarantine. Bring healing and protection. Father, we pray for folks that are recovering from surgeries or facing surgeries. Lord, we continue to pray for Teresa Doris and the hospital and be with Stacy and Patrick Perry as, as they give care and be with the doctors and nurses, be with Bill Renshaw. Lord, we pray for healing to be upon him. And we have so many on our prayer list that need your divine touch. I give you all praise and glory for bringing Rachel Adams, Kelly's sister-in-law, through her surgery and Praise the Lord, she's cancer-free. Father, we pray for others who might be battling private pain. It might be an addiction. It might be depression or a mental health issue. But God, we know you are able. And we pray today for healing, complete healing. Father, I ask that if there are those who have never given their heart and life to you, watching or in this place, that today might be a day of salvation. We pray for revival to come to our country and to our world, be with all of our leaders, decision makers, that their decisions would be God-honoring and glorifying to you. I just pray now that your Holy Spirit would continue to move through this service, continue to sing and play through our musicians be with jay and sing through him in a moment and preach through your servant and the power of your word transform us that we would be more like jesus for we love you we praise you we ask all these things in your strong and holy name amen Amen. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Isaiah chapter 6? And as you're doing that, I'm so grateful that Jay Jacobs is here. Some of you all maybe came today expecting to hear Lauren Talley sing. She was to sing at our morning services and give a concert tonight. But because of the inclement weather, or at least the prediction of inclement weather, we have... Uh, postponed that concert to February the 6th on Sunday night, and she'll be joining us again in our morning worship as well, but I'm grateful that Jay Jacobs is here to sing for us. Jay's been doing a beautiful job filling in for Bill in his absence, and Jay, thank you for coming, and we hear you prayerfully after the reading of God's Word. Begin with verse 1, Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with the live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. 
Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. This is the word of the Lord and blessed be the name of the Lord. Once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was lost, oh, but now I'm found. So far away, but I'm home now. I once was lost. But now I'm found And now my life song sings I once was blind But now I see I once was blind Oh, but now I see I don't know when he touched me I once was blind but now I see and now my life song sings and now my life song sings and now my life song sings I once was was dead, but now I live, and now my life to you Thank you, Jay. What a beautiful song. What a beautiful message. And pray we would all sing hallelujah for what he has done for you and for me. Usually at this time, I would share a little funny, a little joke, but it's your lucky day. I don't have a joke for you today. I know some of you all came just to hear what the joke was. That's the first thing you get asked when you go into the office on Monday. What was the joke? Not what was the sermon. What was the joke? But I don't have a joke today. You know, many times... When we are singing or as ministers up here leading, uh, many times I feel like you look at us as though we're performers on stage, which we are not. We're performing for an audience of one. But have you ever wondered what you look like to us, how we see you? And uh, better than my joke, I, I want to show you one of the greatest television shows of all time that maybe you will get an idea of what we see when we look at you.
is our happy privilege to welcome to our midst a very dear friend of mine, Dr. Harrison Everett Breen of New York City. Dr. Breen has interrupted his vacation to join us in worship this morning and to bring us, I know, an inspiring message. Dr. Breen. Thank you, Dr. Tucker. <clears throat> As I stood there during the singing of the hymn, I asked myself, what message have I to bring to these good people of Maybury? And I was reminded of an incident. A young man came to me recently and said he, Dr. Breen, what is the meaning of it all? And I said to him, young man, I'm glad you asked. My friends, I wish more of us found the time to ask that question. Why do we drive ourselves as we do in our furious race these days to conquer outer space? Are we not perhaps forgetting inner space? Shall we find the true meaning of life by fleeing from it? <laughs> consider, consider how we live our lives today. Everything is run, run, run. We bolt our breakfast, we scan the headlines, we race to the office. The full schedule and the split second, these are our gauges of success. We drive ourselves from morn to night. We have forgotten the meaning of the word relaxation. What has become of the old-fashioned ways, the simple pleasures of life? A simple, innocent pleasure. And so I say to you, dear friends, relax, slow down. Take it easy. Watch your hurry. <laughs> what indeed, friends, is your hurry? Dr. Breen, may I introduce Sheriff Taylor? Dr. Breen. His aunt, Miss B. Ms. Johnson. Uh -huh. And Miss Deputy Fife. Oh, hello. Real pleasure. Oh, Dr. Breen, your sermon had such a wonderful lesson for us. Yes, sir, you really hit the nail right on the head there. Yes, sir, that's one subject you just can't talk enough about, sin. <laughs> yes, uh, well, um... It's well, look forward to seeing you. Well, it's good to Bye. Bye-bye. Didn't talk about sin. <laughs> Y'all don't know how true that really is. <laughs> oh, my. Last week, we began a sermon series called Rebuilding God's Way and just as the devastating tornadoes ripped through western Kentucky and the cleanup and the time of rebuilding has begun, so is God's church through the devastation that has come from this pandemic and for the continued rebuilding efforts that we are striving to accomplish. And so today we continue to talk about rebuilding God's way. Last week we talked about rebuilding on the truth of God and his word, and we learned that Jesus Christ is the way and the truth and the life. And today we come to the second principle that we rebuild is in our worship, is in our worship. Have you ever left a service saying, I, I really didn't get anything out of that worship today? Or maybe you said leaving, boy, I really got a lot out of that worship today, and, and it, it really uh, spoke to me, or I, I really love the worship. Well, this is a misconception, because worship is not to benefit us, it's to benefit God. And when we think about worship, it comes from an old English word, which actually means worship. It's really given God the glory that he only deserves. He is worth 
the glory and the honor that he deserves. C.S. Lewis said, in demanding us to uh, glorify him, that, that God is motivating us to worship the only true God. I think about Rick Warren who said that God wants us to worship him in love and thanksgiving and in delight, not in duty. And I pray today that we have come to worship God because the primary reason we worship is to glorify Him. The primary reason we come to church is to worship Him. And I pray today that we have come to worship the one true living God. In our scripture passage today, in the book of Isaiah, we see uh, God commissioning Isaiah. Remember, this was a tumultuous time for the people of Israel because they had rebelled against God. They had disobeyed God. They had put other gods before the one true God, as maybe we can relate to in our lives. And we know that they even had mocked God. And heaven forbid that we should ever mock God. But they mocked God. And so God was commissioning Isaiah whose name actually means Yahweh saves, or the Lord saves. He was commissioning Isaiah to go preach this message of judgment, but it would be followed up with the message of salvation, with the message of redemption. In other words, they were given a second chance. How many of us need second chances today? How many of us have been given multiple chances you know, when I go jogging or exercising or running in a day, I will begin to thank God for everything he's given me. I thank God for being God the Father. I thank him for sending Jesus the Son to be my salvation and saving my daughter and me when we were in that head-on collision. I thank him for his Holy Spirit, which convicts us and guides us and directs us and comforts us. And I begin to thank him for everything that he's done for me and for us. And I thank him for you and for this church and allowing me the awesome privilege of serving you in this place. But Isaiah was to preach to these people and I thank God and what I was getting to is I thank him for all the multiple chances he's given me in my life. And I'm not just talking about two chances or three, I'm talking about all the multiple chances God has forgiven me when I've messed up in a royal way. Could you say the same thing? Say, thank you, God, for all these times you have forgiven me and for these multiple chances you've given me to get things right. But today, through this passage of Scripture, we can, I think, learn some expectations of what authentic worship should be. I think in this passage of Scripture, we get some pretty clear, uh, I guess, expectations of our worship. And the first thing we ought to expect is a sense of God's presence, is a sense of God's presence. In verse 1, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and exalted sitting on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. You see, in this commissioning of Isaiah, if you will, in this throne room of God or the temple of God, Isaiah was given this vision. And through this vision, he found himself in the presence of God. And when we come to worship, we should expect to be in the powerful presence of our almighty God. We should expect his presence to be in this place. I think about what David wrote in Psalm 29, verse 2, when he said, Ascribe to the Lord uh, his holiness, and that we are to worship him in the splendor of his holiness. Worship the Lord and to give glory in his name, which is due him. And I think about the holiness of God in his presence. When we come in this place, we should expect a sense of the presence of God. 
That's why for many years now, dating back across the street in the little church, every Wednesday night at the conclusion of our prayer meeting, we pray over the sanctuary. We touch the pews symbolically, extending that touch to the chairs in the balcony, the Sunday school classrooms, the hallways, the foyers, the parking lot, even the roadways. You know what we're praying? We're praying that people will be drawn by the Spirit of God, and as soon as they drive onto this parking lot, they feel His presence and know that they are on holy ground. Because guess what? Todd Lester or this church can't save anyone, but God can. And through His Spirit, we pray that people feel His presence. Did you know that through the years I've had people to come up to me and said, you know what? I don't know how to describe it, but I feel this excitement. I feel this energy. I, I feel, so, I can't quite get words to describe. And I said, you're trying to describe the Holy Spirit in the presence of the Lord. And that is the sweetest compliment anyone could ever give me. Not that the sermon was good or the music was great or the people were so friendly, but the greatest compliment I could hear when people come into this church is that we felt the presence of the Lord. And that's why for many years, and forgive me, Lord, and forgive me, church, that I haven't been as faithful to do it, and looks like I probably need to get back to doing it. But for many years on Saturday night, starting across the street, and even in this building, I would come in on a Saturday evening and lie flat on my face at this altar and plead and beg with God to fill this church with his presence. And that we'd see people come to Christ. And I did it over there, and I've done it here. Many times I would begin to sing that little chorus, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Do you all remember that? Sing it with me. The words are on the screen. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel his mighty power and his grace. I can hear the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I've sung that hundreds of times through the years, and I still feel his presence in this place. And I pray that when we have authentic worship, that we have a sense of the presence of God. But not only do we have a sense of the presence of God, but I think we have a conviction of our sinfulness. Because if you would read on in verse 5, Isaiah, after being in the presence of God, said, Woe to me! I cried, I am ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and I have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. You see, it was believed that if you ever saw God, you would die because of his brilliance and because of his holiness and because of, of the awe that came from him. And so Isaiah was saying, woe to me, I'm ruined. And he was acknowledging his sin. Did you know that the closer we grow to the Lord, the more aware we are of the sin in our lives. That's why I believe some people don't like to come to church or they don't like to read God's Word or they don't like to pray because we are convicted by the Holy Spirit. We're convicted by the Word of God. And some people don't want to change. So they'll just rather stay away from church. The closer we are to the great light, the more clearly seen are our imperfections and our wrinkles. And we know that Jesus is the light, and when we draw closer to him, we're made aware of these things. 
I think the Apostle Paul understood that in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. He said, here is a, a trust, trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. The closer he drew in his relationship to God, the more aware he was of his own sin. It reminds me too of Simon Peter when he was uh, fishing with the other disciples and Jesus was walking on the shore of Lake Gennesaret and people had gathered and Jesus got in the boat to teach them. And then as they went out into the water, he told Simon Peter, put your nets out into the deep for a catch. And you remember what Simon Peter said? He said, Master, we fished all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, we will do it. And you remember what happened. They caught so many fish that their nets began to break. They caught so many fish that their boats began to sink. And in verse 8 of Luke 5, when Simon Peter saw this, it said, he fell at the knees of Jesus and he said, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. We come into the presence of the Lord and we think we know more than him or, or we have more wisdom than he has. I love a story that Bob Russell shared in his book, When God Builds a Church, about uh, Paul, uh, and I cannot recall the last name, but it was the man who was responsible for distributing Eshleman, who was distributing millions of copies of the Jesus film all around the world. And he shared about some of his crew that had gone to a refugee camp in Mozambique, Africa, to show the Jesus film. He said most of these people had never heard the gospel. And he said, but in a short time while watching the Jesus film, he said they fell in love with Jesus. And he said when they arrested Jesus and they were beating Jesus and when they were taking Jesus to be crucified, said these townspeople began to wail and to cry and to scream and many of them running toward the screen. He said they had to turn the projector off because so much dust was created by their stirring and running toward the, the screen that they had to turn the projector off. And these folks fell on their knees and they began to confess their sins. When some of the crew tried to go minister to them or to pray with them, they too were convicted and the presence of God and his holiness was so great that they fell on their knees and they began to confess their sins. And this would continue on for 30 minutes, people confessing sin, falling on their knees, weeping. When we have an encounter with our Lord in the presence of his spirit and power and holiness, we all should be convicted to see our need of forgiveness like these people and like Isaiah felt when he said, woe to me. I cry and ruined because he realized he was a sinner and he had unclean lips and he lived among the people of unclean lips. But then also when we come to church, uh, we should expect a joyful reminder of God's grace. We should expect a joyful reminder of God's grace. If you would look in verse 7, they had talked about a seraphim, which actually means burning one because they were so close to the presence of God that they burned with his power and his brilliance. And this seraphim, or angel, if you will, took tongs and, and took a live coal as a symbol of purification used in the temple on the Day of Atonement, took this coal 
and put it on Isaiah's lips. And it said, see, this has happened to you that your sin or your guilt might be taken away and your sins atoned for. And so he was experiencing forgiveness. Not only should we be convicted of our sin when we come to worship, but we should be reminded joyfully of God's grace. We should celebrate his forgiveness. John said in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, it said, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. And so we should be grateful that his grace is greater than our sin. So we want people to rejoice and celebrate, not only be convicted, but to be forgiven of the sin that's going on in your life. I love the rest of the story. Paul Eshelman shared that his crew, after 30 minutes letting the dust clear and people in, in, in that refugee camp, that after the dust cleared, they were able to turn the projector back on and share with them the rest of the story. Because we know the story didn't end with Jesus dying on the cross. And so when they played the rest of the movie, said the, the people began to, to cheer, and they were clapping and dancing and jumping up and down and hugging each other when they saw Jesus rise from the grave. And I think about how we take that for granted, how we celebrate Easter and we go through the motions these people had never experienced, and they were filled with the presence of the Lord. And when they gave an invitation, just about every one of them responded to the invitation to come to Christ. The following Sunday, they did a service at the church, the 40-member refugee camp church, and 500 of the new believers came to worship that day. Just a testimony of the power of God. And if you want to add a, a fourth expectation, you could say the inspiration to serve. An inspiration to serve. Because the Lord said, Who will go for us? And Isaiah answered in verse 8, Here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. You know, some churches, when you come in, they might have a sign that say, Enter to worship. Then there, there might be a sign over the door as you're leaving, Depart to serve, or you're now entering the mission field. And that's what we're called to do. We are to be inspired by his presence, by the conviction of his spirit, by his grace, and then for us to go out and be the hands and feet of Christ. Jesus said, for the Son of Man did not come to be served, but rather to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let us wonder today if there are those of you here that have been coming to church for a number of years, but maybe you've never given your heart and life fully surrendered to Christ. You're living just like you have always lived with really no change. Now, when I read the story about these people hearing the message of Christ, how they ran toward the screen and they wailed and fell to their knees, and we take for granted so often what God has done for you and for me and his blessings. And we just sometimes grow complacent going through the motions. I shared at the early service, I really thought, and I've already explained this, I don't feel like I need to keep repeating myself, but when this crazy pandemic hit and we stopped meeting in person, even though I kept preaching to an empty church, um, I really felt the weight of responsibility on me to keep you safe because there was no vaccine at the time. I felt the weight, we felt the weight, John and our safety team felt it on us to keep you safe. When a vaccine came out and people were able to come back to in-person worship, 
because of the break we had had, I have to be honest with you, I thought we'd fill this place. I thought people would have missed worshiping God so much that we would have trouble, that we'd have to set up chairs for all the people. But you know, it's the, the reverse has happened. People have grown comfortable. Now, I don't want to get a bunch of texts and emails after this. Some of you all have already called me and, and let me know that you have serious health issues, that you're fearful, and I understand completely. Last thing I'd want for anybody to come and get sick and heaven forbid something worse. But I appreciate when God's people want to come together to worship God. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And the Spirit of God lives in each one of us. He said, we're two or more gathered in my name. I am there in your midst. And I pray that we're going to see a great revival, a great harvest of souls come to Christ at the end of this thing, whenever it, it ends. But that we would keep marching onward Christian soldiers marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. And I pray that we would keep marching forward and that we would keep being God's church and understand it's not about us, but it's all about Him. When we keep our eyes fixed upon Him, there is no fault in Jesus. So I pray as we rebuild, we will rebuild on the truth, but we'll rebuild on wor worships much more than the music. You know, whether we're doing contemporary or traditional, I prefer this or prefer the other. Look, everything we do should be glorifying to God, whatever your preference. It's a lot more than what we, uh, what style of music. It's about giving him the glory he deserves. And I pray today, if you don't know him, that you might come to accept him. If you're a Christian and you've grown cold and, and I don't know how else to say it, but lethargic in your faith, Rekindle your commitment to Christ. If you've been looking for a church home, I love this church. And I know many of you do too. And let's keep rebuilding God's way as we make a difference for his kingdom as we pray together. Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are people here even watching and they've never given their heart and life to Christ, I pray that today might be the day of salvation, that someone would ask Jesus to forgive them of their sin and ask you to come into their heart to be their Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that you would be with Christians that, again, have maybe just lost their excitement for you and their passion for you rekindle the flame and and lord give us that fire for you once again lord i pray for folks again that are looking for a place to call home this is a field hospital for the sin sick and hurting a place where the sick can come to be made whole and i pray god that we would see people come back to church and start living for Jesus and not let Satan use this time to pull us further away. And I pray, God, that today if we hear your still small voice through your spirit calling us, that we would respond in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you, if you're in this place, to stand and come as we sing a hymn of invitation. Jesus is calling, won't you come? Jesus is tenderly calling you home, calling today, calling today. Why from the sunshine of love will you Oh, my Jesus is called. 
Amen. I want to thank you so much for being here today and allowing the Spirit of the Lord to be in this place. I hope you will come back and worship with us again real soon, even Wednesday night. We have a fellowship meal at 5. If you can't make the meal, join us at 6 in this very room. We pray together. And really, that's the power source that's going to help us turn this thing around is by praying. There's power in prayer. And where's power in the name of Jesus. So I hope that you will join us for a great time. Again, we will not have any activities tonight because of the uh, weather. That that few flakes of snow may have been it when it uh, started in a few minutes ago. But there might be a whole lot more. Please be careful. And again, don't forget the Lauren Talley concert will be February 6th at 6 p.m. Thanks for being here, Jay. Thanks again for filling in for Bill. Uh, Bill continues to improve. Continue to keep him in your prayers. And hopefully and prayerfully he will find out uh, soon uh, what the doctor says about him coming back. So keep him in your prayers. And thank you again, Jay. If you would lead us in a song, then I'll close in prayer. God bless you and thanks for coming today. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give him the glory, great things he May we pray, God, thank you for the great things you have done, and we just praise you for the great things that are still ahead. Help us, O oh Lord, to keep in step with your spirit and our families and our personal lives. And Father, may this church keep in step with your spirit, and we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.